Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Today's movie... (laughs) You laughed. Is that your confident voice? Yeah, you told me to be confident. (laughs) All right, bring it. Today's movie. <laughs> Today's movie is Host from 2020. And when we start talking about it, it will be very clear that this is a movie from 2020. Pretty obvious. Movie might be a stretch because I believe it was 56 minutes long. I think something like that. So I feel like it must have been exactly 50 minutes long if it were going to fit <laughs> well within yeah. what it said it was doing. I mean, if you had the credits on, probably, yeah. I don't know. Close to it anyway. Yeah. But what was it doing? Hmm. Hmm. Well, friends, as soon as the movie started, all we saw was somebody's computer screen. They opened up a Zoom call. And the rest of the movie was a Zoom call. Until the very clever credits where the Zoom call ended and the credits were the list of participants on the Zoom call and someone manually scrolled through it bit by bit. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was I, good. I liked that a lot. And I liked that it ended with the, you know, the call gets cut off and you get the, this free Zoom call has ended <laughs> yeah. uh, message that has happened very specific. That was cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what this movie was about. There are six people who, I I get, yeah, six friends get together on a Zoom call to have a seance with a seventh person who is the medium. Mm -hmm. And things go horribly horribly awry. awry. (laughs) Wait, just like in House of a Thousand Corpses. No? What? No. You can't force that. That's a reference that has to come organically. Every single time. I know. You're very sad that you didn't start putting a ding noise every time I mentioned it in the past. It's not a ding. It's something pretty <laughs> cool. And you're not going to hear it if you don't mention it. I loved the realistic feel of this Zoom call. Yeah, they, they went all out with everything. Totally real Zoom call. Yes, there was there was nothing that wouldn't. There were a couple of times where I was like, "Why is she taking her computer with her into the bathroom?" Yeah, there were a bunch or, of those. No, it would be super awkward and more dangerous to hold your computer as you're climbing up into the attic yeah. where you think something is going to attack you. You wouldn't do that. But for the most part, it felt very real to me. Yeah, they were looking at Zoom calls here in 2020. All the things that we all have to do now to interact. And they made a list of like what what kind of different elements are in these Zoom calls that we're going to take advantage of. One of them that was interesting was putting up a fake background. 
Yes. I have a friend in my writing group who created a background like that where, yeah. you know, like you record yourself doing stuff and then that's weird. you show up in your background. It was, it was super weird because he didn't tell us he had done that. And then we're in our writing meeting and all of a sudden <laughs> there's like a person just walking around behind that's him. That's weird that that, that happened. not acknowledging at all because he doesn't necessarily see it's happening. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't even know you could do animated backgrounds. I thought they yeah. were just images. What I loved about that, though, is that it wasn't just, this is a, a wacky, quirky thing that people do on Zoom calls. So it met, you know, it like checked off one of the things yeah. on the list. But it also played an integral part in the plot of the movie. Yeah, it was fun. That was very cool. So what are some other, like the Zoom call checklist, what are some other things that you noticed? Well, they put in the, I've never heard of this for Zoom calls, but obviously it's available. I don't doubt it. Uh, those face modifiers. Mm -hmm. One of the girls would put, she kept using a stupid snake face that made a tongue stick out. Right. Every time she'd open her mouth, the tongue would come out. <laughs> and then there was a part where she was terrified in fear for her <laughs> life. And she's sitting there going, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That was bizarrely awesome. Yeah. yeah I like that. I also liked how that came into play in the plot of the movie. Yeah, which was the the technology that these systems have for recognizing faces in order to put these, you know, mm -hmm. snakes or cl in this case clown masks on mm -hmm. them. That was cool. It can see things we can't see. Apparently. It was nice. I liked at the beginning, so there's always the person who says they're running late to the meeting that's been scheduled for a week, right? Like, right. come on, 10 a.m. comes at the same time every day. Um, they had one of the characters start the call on her phone because oh, right. she was also yeah. running late. And then she gets to her house and she gets herself logged in on her computer. So then there's two of her and then there's feedback happening. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a whole mess. Yeah. Very real. And there was the guy who joined the call and then dropped out in the first three minutes because his wife, girlfriend, girlfriend was... Terrible girlfriend. Was like, no, he had to go do things. Yeah. Yeah. And that came back yes. into the scenario. Which was super interesting because I don't even like to be like the third or fourth person to log into a multi-person multi meeting because you don't know what they've already said. You don't know what ground has already been covered. Yeah. Like you're coming in and you want to be like, hey, how is everybody? And you don't know if they've been sitting there talking about how they are for 15 minutes already. Yeah. And that happened to him sort of because he was there for the beginning. He dropped out for like <laughs> half an hour. Yeah. And then he comes back in and he thinks he's being all funny. Because everybody was having a good time when he left. Like, they were all joking and, like, doing shots every time the the medium said astral plane. Yeah. In his mind, things didn't progress very far in the 30 minutes that he was gone. <laughs> and things were completely different. In fact, yes. several of the people on the call were dead already <laughs> by the time he came back. And he's all like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> completely inappropriate. Yeah. I, that was kind of obnoxious because when he came back, he wouldn't stop talking. Like for the first minute of his return, he's just like, how, how are you guys doing? Blah, 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 blah. Joke, joke, joke. And just not looking at what's happening, not waiting to get a response. Mm -hmm. Ugh. 
I mean, he was kind of that guy in their I group. I guess so. Like, you could tell from the beginning, he was the one guy in a group of girls. Yeah. And, you know, they all kind of doted on him. And he appreciated that. And I think that's part of, you know, his personality then is when he's there, he's the center of the world. And so he just expected that. Which leads me to my question about movies. Soli. Yes. Why aren't men allowed to be in movies anymore? <laughs> it's reverse sexism. Are you going to become a men's rights activist? Become? <laughs> We're about to have our own little horror movie right here in this With house. The patriarchy. <laughs> it's just funny how we've seen so many movies this month that are so womanly. So womanly is an interesting way to describe that. No, I know what you mean, though. We have had a lot of female-centered storylines and female-heavy casts. casts. And I am here for it. I know. I saw you. It's like Ruth Bader Ginsburg said when asked how many women would be enough women on the Supreme Court. And she said, nine. Mm-hmm. Because there have been nine men and everyone was okay with that. That makes sense. Yeah, I I am totally okay with the fact that we've had a lot of very female-oriented stories this month. And most of them good in that sense. Like Mostly. The, yeah, the, the, with the one notable exception of Scarehouse, I feel like most of these women were at least in control of their own stories. They were not all good people, obviously. (laughs) We're watching horror movies. But they were definitely in control of their own stories. And that's so important. Yeah, but still, we could let men do some movies sometimes, too. (laughs) You're funny. (laughs) Oh, we should go back and, like, do an analysis of all of the movies we've reviewed. All the movies we've reviewed. Oh, yeah, the percentages. Oh, no. I was even thinking just this month, it'd be like, it seems like there's so many. And it turns out 90% of them are men. No, I I actually would be interested to find out things like, you know, of all the movies we've reviewed, like, what are the percentages in terms of highly billed cast or directors or writers? Because I think there's some interesting data to be had there, especially since we go out of our way to pick more, I don't know, for lack of a better word, woke movies occasionally. Like, we don't just watch the trashy trash. We try to watch good stuff. So it'll be interesting to see that. That sounds like a lot of work, though. I'm not sure I'm up for it. Yes, 300 movies. More than 300. (laughs) Yes. Plot-wise, what did you think of the story of this movie? Well, let me tell you something about this movie. Yes. In telling you about something else. Which is that yesterday... So you're going to do like a Pence thing? You're going to pivot? Yes. Let me answer your question by talking about something different. Okay, go. Yesterday, I was telling someone that they should watch One Cut of the Dead Mm -hmm. because it shows that movies can just be fun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't have to be important. There was the schmaltzy family bit in that movie. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. it was just the equivalent... Of, I want to say a roller coaster, but let me use a more appropriate thing, a haunted house attraction. You know, you want to go in, 
have some fun feelings, and then you pop out, and you're just like, that was a blast. You don't normally go into, like, a fun house hoping to address deep societal issues <laughs> yeah. or your own, you know, personal demons. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you don't you don't come out of it and go, so guys, what was the theme, do you think? <laughs> right. <laughs> when, that, when that Frankenstein popped out of the closet, was that about homosexuality <laughs> what was the what was the creator of this haunted house trying to say about society and our acceptance of individuals yeah and that's um, why i say that this movie had no plot whatsoever none not even a little bit at all no that's not true and it was just fun that's not true it's 100 percent true are you confusing plot and theme it had no plot. It did have a plot. The plot was, let's have a seance, and it goes bad. The end. That's a plot. That's not a plot. There were things that happened. <laughs> I know, but it's, you know. I, I do agree with what you're saying in the sense that this was just fun. There was very little to latch onto in terms of trying to dig too deep. Yeah. But more than that, I do really feel that there was basically no plot. Like, to write this movie, you just write... Hey, they have a seance, and then they all get killed. There Which was a is, point... It's not the first horror movie like that, but <laughs> yes, it's there not was, a plot. There was a point right around, I don't know, like the second or third person who was clearly being impacted by this malevolent spirit that they had created. See, created. that's the thing. There was a little bit of something new and interesting there. Yeah. Yes, they were having a seance and it was very generic in the terms of like nobody really believed. And then, oh, my gosh, we have to believe because this is real. And the person who is supposed to be helping us through this is, you know, her Internet went out or some nonsense. She was clearly being attacked by something. What was up with that? They didn't even address that. That that felt like a little bit of a slip up with the writers. You know what? I was waiting when she got her back on the phone. She was like, "Okay, is everybody there? Are you all listening to me? I thought she was going to go, you will all burn in hell. Because <laughs> it wasn't going to be her. Right, right. But, you know, so all of that was pretty typical of this story. What I liked was that Gemma, the one who believed the least of all of them, except for maybe Ted. Yeah, he didn't get much chance. <laughs> who didn't, yeah, who didn't stick around for very long. She decides that when once things get moving, she's going to pretend that she's mm-hmm. you know being contacted she's she's being getting these these images in her head from a spirit and we learn later that when you do that you create a mask that anything can wear that anything can wear anything can come over from the other side in this fake entity that you create yeah. which was fun to see how that worked with the face things like yeah. how it was literally wearing a mask at one point so you're saying there's a theme about masks i'm telling you there is something there no i i, I agree that was there were ideas yes there wasn't a plot there were just ideas it was just for fun I feel like you and i have fundamentally different definitions of the word plot but that's okay i mean literally there was a plot but it was incredibly simple okay yes I liked that element of it a lot, though, that that there was that new piece, because that it's, it's maybe not 100% original, but it's not something I've come across a lot. So that was fun for me. Yeah, it was cool. I like that. Oh, I was saying, though, that there was a point after 
they all started being attacked by this whatever entity that had come in to fill the mask. Where it really felt like each of the actresses had just been told, okay, think of something scary that can happen behind you. Or think of some way that you could be attacked or you could disappear from the room and it would look scary and then we'll do that. And like they were in sequence going through. And it it got away from that a little bit eventually. But for a while it was just like, okay, now we're watching Emma have scary things happen Uh behind her. And now it's Haley's turn. Like it almost felt like in the writing of it. Because it was so, you know, it had to be so structured to exactly what their space was. Like, they weren't on a stage or, you know, this was their homes. And so they were like... Or was it a stage? I don't know. I have to assume (laughs) that... It's probably houses. I feel like this movie, because of how it was done, was done in quarantine. I hope so. You know what I mean? Like, like they were all isolated and they were all doing these things. So, like, each... Each person, or at least the people who lived in each household, had to figure out how to make stuff work in their space. There was a lot of visual effects put over that, too. Well, sure, sure. But, you know, some of it, like, you know, Haley had that long hallway with a bunch of doors. And, like, she had the one door that sounded like there was something knocking in it. And she opens it. And it's, like, hockey sticks and stuff falling out of it. Yeah. Like, she had to set that up herself, is what I want to think. Yeah, I mean, that's that's good. Not totally herself, though, because Gemma showed up in her house later. So the two of them were not quarantined from each other. Well, but they were because when they showed up, like Gemma oh. put on a mask before she ran over to save Haley. Oh, I didn't notice that she part. She put on a mask. And then when they get there and they finally, like, they see each I other. Like that part. They're in the middle of being attacked by a supernatural entity <laughs> and... They come face to face with each other. You can see the relief for each of them that the other one is alive. And then they do an elbow bump. (laughs) (laughs) Which was funny. But also fits the idea that they were filming this in quarantine. So they couldn't perform in such a way that they like hugged each other out of relief or anything. Yeah. Because they couldn't because they were quarantined from each other in reality. When that happened, I was like, okay, I I know, you know, we have to be careful because of this disease, but the danger level (laughs) of a ghost in your house versus a disease that the other person 90% doesn't have, you know, is most likely they don't even have it. And if they did, it wouldn't even likely hurt you. Right. It's funny. It was funny. It was funny. I'm glad they used proper protocols, though. Yes. It makes me wonder, though, because like Radina had a boyfriend... Like that character yeah, had a boyfriend. Who she got in, stuck living with. Yes, which is a fun little quarantine story. That's like the Zoom thing that they were writing down ideas of, you know, if you're stuck in quarantine, what kind of situations arise. Right, and that's one of them. And the one girl was it Emma who was quarantined with her dad, who everybody thought was so cute. <laughs> yeah, and she seemed to be super enjoying being quarantined with her dad in a way that sort of made me go. No, no, not after this long. <laughs> but, you know, that's maybe just me. Oh, so what I was wondering, though, about Radina and her boyfriend, you know, the the actor and actress who played those two characters, are they actually quarantined together? Like, because also... Yeah, they never were close to each other. They weren't. No, that's a good point. They were always, like, six feet apart from each other. At least, yeah. So maybe they weren't. But he was in... 
well, one of them was in the other person's space then. Yeah. Which would have been a little risky. So I almost wonder if like those side characters got added because there was somebody in the space who could be added yeah. and was interested in being in the movie as well. Probably. Because like Ted's girlfriend. Yeah, it's interesting because she was very minor. And I wonder if it was just like, this is the girlfriend of the guy who plays this. Yeah, because she definitely was like draped over his shoulder at one point. Like they were definitely not six feet apart the whole time. Yeah. And then Emma and her dad character, like they were near each other. So is that really that actress's dad or grandpa or whatever? Like, I don't know. This is the future of filmmaking. Right? Where casting all has to be done, not individually, <laughs> but based on households. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it was all it was all interesting. And when you think about the fact that films are not being made right now, and the few times they've started to make films, like, what, that Batman uh, movie yeah, with, with the Batman. vampire boy who's <laughs> playing Batman. Yeah, the vampire Batman movie. They had to put it on hold. Right. But the, that one keeps stalling out because people keep getting yeah. COVID. And... This is going to go on for a while. Yeah. We are going to suffer a dearth of film entertainment in the way that we're used to film entertainment. This is how reality is changing for us. I mean, maybe things will go back to a place where we can have huge casts gathered together making blockbuster movies, but it's certainly not going to be soon. Nope. And, I mean, it's already been like nine months that they haven't been able to work on movies like this, which means we're nine months behind the schedule that we should have been on. You know, that like production schedule of that flow of entertainment that comes yeah, to us. Yeah, where's my entertainment? <laughs> and And even if they were, like if coronavirus went away tomorrow and they could go back to doing things the way they used to, it's going to be a while because it takes time for those things to be created. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about this time is the absolutely terrible game shows that keep coming out oh my gosh. that they obviously filmed years ago uh-huh. and then shelved because they were no good. Uh-huh. And they're like, we need something. So here's a show about splashing water on people. Right. I know. Here's here's a terrible game show that ryan reynolds was in people <laughs> like him maybe they'll watch this yep oh i love ryan reynolds and that was unwatchable <laughs> <laughs> i forgot he was like a voiceover right it was i don't some... remember what it was yeah i don't remember either but it was so terrible mm-hmm. i took a picture this morning and posted it on instagram because i was doing laundry and a normal part of laundry now for me is when I move things from the washer to the dryer is I pull out all the masks that we've washed and I let them air dry because I don't want them to shrink and you know yeah. get all wrinkled up and whatnot. And I was looking down at the dryer where I had spread out, you know, nine or 10 masks that I had washed and they were sitting there air drying. And I was like, this is just a normal part of my routine now Yeah, is air drying the masks we have to wear to go outside. Yeah. It's like living on the moon. Right? And I thought, this is a piece of everyday life that I would have trouble convincing me of one year ago that it was a thing. Everything changes and then you just get used to it and that's that's life. That's so weird. It is so weird. That's one of the things when we watched Hatchet yesterday or day before, whatever it was, uh, somebody dropped their cell phone in the movie and Mm -hmm. I saw it was a 
terrible, crappy, non-smartphone. And right, I was, it was like, like a Nokia or something. Yeah, I was like, flip phone. that's stupid. This is a <sighs> recent movie, 2006. And I realized 2006 is barely iPhones. Like, yeah. I don't know when the first one was, but like that wasn't a thing that recently. Like, yeah. I still remember when the year 2000 episode of My Name is Earl came out. Like, this is <laughs> weird. Yeah. Really weird. Huh. That life changes that fast. Like, we all live smartphones now, 100%, and they didn't exist 15 years ago. Not, yeah. not in any real capacity. Well, and, you know, you talked about this has become our reality and we just get used to it. I think a sign of getting used to it is when these things start showing up in our entertainment, in our fiction. Yeah. And that was something very early on. Like, I remember... It was probably still March or early April. I was having Zoom meetings with my writing group. We were like struggling through those first few Zoom Holding meetings. Holding seances. <laughs> we did not hold any seances. Good. I know. No, we're smarter than that. But, you know, we were like finding our way through this new technology and we would do writing prompts and lots of writing prompts would end up having, you know, like having to wear masks and <laughs> conflict between people who thought the virus was real and people who didn't and people who were wearing masks and people who weren't and all of that stuff that was so new at that time. And I remember thinking, like, when is this going to hit published entertainment? You know, when yeah. are we going to start seeing this in actual books? Or, you know, is it going to last long enough? Because at that point, we didn't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I didn't think it would last for a year. I mean, because how could it? But it did. <laughs> like, right? I like mean, you think stuff like this is going to blow over. It's just right, a thing. Right. So at that point, I'm like, oh, you know, if this is a few months of our lives, will it be impactful enough to make it into mainstream entertainment? Or will it just be a blip that we remind ourselves happened and, you know, like we would take pictures of things and be like, remember how weird it was when this was going on? And now it's at <laughs> yeah. that point where we're like... Well, I don't take pictures of groups of people with masks on anymore because that's just what it looks like, you know? Yeah. Everybody's got a mask. Yeah. So I made a connection between this movie and a previous movie. Was it an Adam Green movie? It was not. Okay. It was actually a connection to the Thai movie we watched, Shudder. Shutter. Shutter. Because in Shudder and in Host... We see evidence that Polaroids cannot be faked. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, no, they, in both of those, they used Polaroid cameras to help them see the things that were trying not to be seen. Yeah, there was stuff going on. It was fun. Ratings! I know what kind of rating you're going to give. Not exactly, but the ballpark. Because I was there last night when you were hooping and hollering at this movie all over the place. I'm not sure if I was there when I was oh, hooping and hollering all over probably, the place. You were probably didn't know because you you were I, so excited you <laughs> didn't even know what was happening. I just like disassociated from myself out of sheer excitement. <laughs> you were having a blast. Interesting. And so today, are you giving my rating and I'm yes. giving your rating? <laughs> and I was also having a blast. Uh-huh. Because like One Cut of the Dead, this was just fun. I mean, it was a paranormal activity movie. It was, you get to watch the screen and see crazy things happen. 
And that's all you're trying to do is spot the ghost in the corner, throw a sheet over it, whatever you got to do. I forgot about that. I did hoop and holler for that moment. I told you that was happening. (laughs) And uh, that's just fun. Like like I was saying, it's, it's not a movie masterpiece. It's not... There's no theme. There's basically no plot. It's just a toy. It's like how some games are not games. They don't have goals. They're just a toy that happens to use the mechanics of gameplay to give you something to do. Mm-hmm. This uses the mechanics of a movie to provide a fun. Like, I don't know. Unlike all other movies. <laughs> I know. It's weird, but it's different. Yeah. It's not to tell a story. It's to just be fun. Yeah. It was I liked your analogy of it being like a fun house. It was it was like walking through a fun house. Yeah. There was just spooky mm-hmm. little things happening one after another. Mm-hmm. And it was just for the fun of it. And that's great. And I give it five music boxes out of five. Really? I don't know if that was going too far, but I mean it's just like why not? It was just fun. Everybody should have fun. You know, there's something about those things. In the age of COVID, Uh there is something about finding a thing that distracts your brain enough for even just a short period of time where you forget. It's the taskmaster of movies. Speaking of game shows. Yes. That's a good one. That is a great one. That's our favorite show. That is the distraction from the horror of everyday life. Yes. Yes. I did really enjoy this movie. This one... I mean, like, you hit it on the head when you said it's the paranormal activity of movies. I'm not, I don't remember what you actually said because clearly it wasn't that because paranormal activities is the paranormal activities of movies. Yes. (laughs) It's another one. Yes, but it was, and it had all the things that I liked about that. Like, it had fun jump scares, like people falling from the ceiling, mm-hmm. all the cabinets in a kitchen open Your multiple times. Your favorite thing in the world. Oh, I just love that so much. I knew you would be in, just in hog heaven with those cabinets popping <laughs> open. <laughs> what is with you today? I watched this movie. I'm all excited. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, I was extra impressed because I think both times that it happened, it happened on screen. And I was yeah. like, that's impressive. Did I mean, yank some fishing line. <laughs> all at once. Yeah. That's a lot of fishing line to yank. It is. Maybe it's a one line looped through all the handles. I don't know, but it was fun. It was done well. I also really liked how Caroline disappeared for a while and everyone thought, at first they thought she had come back because... She was walking around, and that then it was, was her like good. Her, her moving background instead. It was like, oh, that was a fun realization. And then to have her like flickering in and out through the background, which is another like thing on the Zoom meeting it's a checklist Zoom thing for sure. Where like it looks all peaceful, and then you realize that she's you know bashing her head against her own computer yeah. and all bloody and stuff, and she just keeps flickering through the background. That was awesome. The very last second of the movie before the Zoom call timed out where they took the last Polaroid picture and it was, bam, scary face. Like, I think I screamed. (laughs) It was awesome. So you're saying you were hooping and hollering. Fine. I was hooping and hollering. (laughs) And in hog heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to say that. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. 
It was fun. I have this thing I've been doing on Facebook where when I find something that for that moment of time distracts me from all of the terribleness that is the world, I share it and I title it Today's Moment of Distraction because I figure if it does it for me, it might do it for somebody else and, you know, whatever. I appreciate when people share things like that. This movie was kind of that kind of moment of distraction. It was good. Yeah, it's fun stuff. And I think even if the world weren't falling apart outside of the walls of our house, I still would have enjoyed this movie. Like, it was done well. Like, it could have easily been very gimmicky. And there was an element of that, but yeah. it didn't succumb to the gimmickiness. And, yeah, um, I, you know what? I'm going to embrace the moment of distractionness of it all and also give this five music boxes out of five. I feel like I influenced you. You did a little bit. Oh, I ruined it. But I'm okay with that. No, I think mostly the way you influenced it was by making me realize how much I had enjoyed it and I had forgotten. Like, I legitimately, when you were like hooping and hollering, I'm like, what drugs were you on? And The question is, what drugs were you on? <laughs> and then I started remembering all the times where I like gasped out loud or, yeah. or like clasped my hand over my mouth in shock. Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. So I stand by my five and I feel like having a month subscription to Shutter is not that expensive. What is it? Like yeah, seven it, bucks? I think it might be six. So a free week first though. Oh, see, there you go. If you like jump scares and, you know, like paranormal activity type movies, you know, you have to like that kind of thing. Otherwise you will not like this movie. But if you like that kind of movie, this is one I would definitely recommend, especially if you can get it for a free week, which is not paying us any money, by the way. It's just really fun to have a whole app on your TV that is just nothing but scary movies. I like it. Yeah. So that's that. We are done with host. This Zoom call has timed out. That was a fun gimmick too. It was fun. Oh, there was one complaint I wanted to mention. I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. I know. I know. Is that when it started, it was clear that it was our POV, like we were the people starting the computer up. And then it very quickly transitioned so that Haley was like the main character. But then again, at the end, like it was clear that it was not Haley's POV. It wasn't any of these girls POV. It was all very third person. And so we were like the narrator or another character. We were also on the Zoom call. Yeah, which we but weren't. But we weren't. And I don't know. There was a little bit of like flickeriness in in the the coherence of that POV. Yeah. But it was only at the very beginning and only at the very end. And then I was able to completely let that go for the course of the movie. So that's something to think about. I'm not yeah. sure how they could have done it otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun when they pulled up the credits at the end. So, yeah, maybe we were the key grip of the movie because that was one of the participants on the Maybe. call. We should look at that that list of participants and be like that the last one at the bottom is, you know, <laughs> random stranger. You it probably is. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, okay. Now we're done with this movie. What are we watching tomorrow? Tomorrow we're gonna step in the way, way, way back machine to go further back in time than we have ever gone, <gasps> even earlier this month when we went the furthest back in time we have gone. To see the bad seed from 1956. 1956. All right. I'm excited. I am, I am actually excited about that. Okay. 
Bye. Project to the other you side know, of the room. A lot of times I try to, and then it just peters out. So it's obviously not natural. It's a muscle you have to, you know, <sighs> flex. That sounds exhausting. Yes.